0: What's going on, guys? Fancy Socks Change here, bring you another episode of our ADB Battle series, the fourteenth installment. Wow, time flies. But today, we've got Justin back on. To follow some fantasy football. If you guys don't remember, we recorded with him a couple months ago at this point. Terry McLaurin versus DK Metcalf and Kyler Murray versus Dak Prescott. We're having him on again to discuss some big ballers. But before we do that, before we mention who we're going to be talking about today, and when I say big ballers, trust me. How you doing today, Justin?
1: Doing good, man. Thanks for inviting me back. I didn't expect to come back this soon, but here I am. Got the got the you know, got the call. I said, Yeah, I'll come back in, especially after the Thunder beat the Lakers. Gotta gotta oh. bring that in. I <laughs> gotta bring that in, baby. <laughs> hey. hey, at the end of the
0: day, I'm just happy about the number one seed. You know, Lucas is gonna wash this, talk about how the Dallas Mavericks are gonna upset everyone because oh. he's a he's a big Kristaps fan, big Luca fan, but Anyways, yeah, I mean, we're, we're happy. We got the number one seed. I'm still going to be cheering on the Thunder, my boy Shea down there. Hometown kid, got to love that. Your favorite player. So, uh, yeah, sh- shout out Hamilton if you guys are uh, watching this. But, yeah, uh, today we're going to be discussing, as I mentioned, some huge, huge ballers. And uh, when I say huge, it doesn't get any bigger than the consensus 101 and 102 off the board. But before we mention that, set the intro. Okay, so as I kind of preluded to before the intro, we're going to be talking about the top two picks in fantasy football currently, and that's going to be Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. So as I alluded to, Christian McCaffrey is currently going off the board as the RB1, the 101 off the board, the king of the fantasy football landscape, and Saquon Barkley is going off as the RB2, the 102, so not too far behind him. So I'll let you... Start off because uh, you're actually gonna go with Barkley, and uh, then I'm gonna rebuttal and say why it's Christian McCaffrey. But you can make you can make your case before I uh, before I yeah. go.
1: Yeah, I'll make my case. I'll preface this by saying there's not a wrong selection between these two guys. You're gonna get a great player, regardless of the fact that's gonna give you an advantage over your opponents. But the whole thing with me and McCaffrey, I love Christian McCaffrey. I like when he posted on Instagram last offseason that he's working out a lot. He's dating Olivia Colpo. I mean, he's winning off the field, and he's winning on the field. You can't hate the guy. Love him, but I'm not taking a number one this year. We haven't seen a running back in PPR finish number one overall in two consecutive years in a row since Priest Holmes back in 2002 to 2003, even when LT had his great 2006 season, which you may mention when you're talking about McCaffrey because that's how good this guy was last year. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm going to take the history. It says we haven't had it happen in such a long time. McCaffrey could very well beat that history, but I'm going to take that and say it's not going to be him finishing running back one. He's still going to finish top three running back. I don't see how he doesn't do that. But I th- believe that Saquon Barkley is the guy that can be the running back one overall this year. Last season, before his high ankle sprain, He rushed for 227 yards and a score in his first two games. And people, it's it's a high ankle sprain. These things are crucial to running backs and wide receivers. You have to move, and when I have a high ankle sprain, it it doesn't help you out with moving at all. It actually inhibits you. And he was supposed to miss like six to eight weeks, and he missed like two weeks and came back early because this dude's just not human. (laughs) You look at me. I mean, Saquon Barkley. I don't know what you're doing. Wasn't even healthy. Uh, Week seven came back, and week 15. But despite playing hurt, he still finished as a running back 10 last year in PPR formats. Upgraded our offensive line. Andrew Thomas believes a big, big help. And also, you're going to have everyone healthy with Engram, healthy, Shepard, Tate, Saquon. They can't really play against the run now because Daniel Jones didn't look too bad last offseason. And then two seasons ago, when Saquon was a rookie, he had 385.8 fantasy points. Christian McCaffrey had 385.5, and he only had three fewer targets than McCaffrey that year as a rookie. Now you're bringing your former boy Jason Garrett into town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, disgusting. I, I mean, he's he's gross. He's giving out a sideline's class. I, I will I will say though that
0: does work in uh, Barkley's favor because if we're talking about pure volume, I'm sure you're going to mention that. Yeah. Jason Garrett's career average pass to run split over the last three years, so 2017 to 2019, is 55 to 45, which, if you pace it last year, would have been one of the most run-heavy offenses in the league, but. Yeah. yeah, screw, screw Garrett.
1: I, I, <laughs> yeah, screw Garrett. But he did help Zeke become the leading rusher in the yeah, league in 2016 on. and 2018. Now you give him into Saquon. You see what he wants to do with a bell cow back like Zeke. He's got Saquon, who I believe is better talent than Zeke. I believe Zeke's great, though. I'm not going to say Zeke's not good. I just believe that Saquon is just something special. And you're going to best believe he's going to want to run the ball a lot and get this guy involved. So there's a, I believe there's a higher chance that Saquon sees more work this year and there's also a higher chance that CMC sees less work because last season, I don't believe it's that sustainable based on they added in Robbie Anderson, new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator. I believe DJ Moore is going to ascend this year. More negative gains. here. He's still going to get his targets above 80 targets. It's not shocking, but he's not going to get, I believe he had 116 targets last year. I don't think it's going to be that high. 116 catches. 116 catches. It's, let's see, it's 142, 142, 142 targets. So I'm I don't gonna think he's going to see 142 targets this year. I think he's going to see more like closer to the 100 mark, which is still great. And also, you have some positive regression working on Saquon Barkley's side. So Saquon Barkley has run cold near the end zone his two years in the league. He's converted just six out of his 23 carries, which is 26.1% inside of the five-yard line for a touchdown. And then six out of 14, which is 42.8% of his carries from the one to two yard lines. The league average rates in those spans is 47.3% and 54.5%. So he's due for some positive regression, which I like to see because he hasn't yet hit his ceiling and the injury is making people kind of go off of him, but the profile, everyone knows it. It's one of the best of all time. I believe he's the best running back prospect of all time. And even with that high ankle sprain, he was still sixth in yards created last year and seventh in yards created per touch. If you want to count them out this year, I believe you're missing out. And I'm going to bet against history that McCaffrey won't finish this running one this year. And I believe it's going to be Saquon Barkley, but go ahead. Give me what this man did last year. I'm See, just going to say, you can't be copy pasting hey, the stats because it's so hey, unsustainable. But it's I want, not,
0: it's, <laughs> not a, it's not about copy and pasting the stats. It's about, I guess you can't argue history on your end, but I'm not going to argue math on my end because the math, is in Christian McCaffrey's favor. But let me break down (laughs) Christian McCaffrey because we all know how much of an animal Christian McCaffrey is. So, I mean, for me, he is the undisputed king of the fantasy football landscape. He's got his crown. He's got his cape, whatever they fucking wear, that little cape thing, the robe. I don't know. And he's got a staff because he's sitting on that throne. But man, 29.5 PPR points per game last year. The next closest player averaged just less than nine points per game, less per game. So Dalvin Cook averaged 20.8 points per game last year, which was the next closest. That, how? 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 But again, I, I, I alluded to it, but McCaffrey's 471.1 PPR points last year were second all time, trailing only the great, 2006, Ladanian Tomlinson, where he put up 481.1 PPR points. The difference, LT needed 31 total touchdowns to do that. McCaffrey only needed 19 to do what he did last year. That's how talented, that's how involved he is in his offense. Again, buoyed by an NFL record, 116 receptions from the running back position. McCaffrey is only the third player in history of the NFL. The history of the NFL... To get 1,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in a season, the last person to do that was in 1999, Marshall Falk, who a lot of people actually compare McCaffrey to. So at the end of the day, he is the new coming of Marshall Falk. He had two two games all season last year where he failed to record 20 PPR points. Now, I, I understand Barkley was hurt last year, but Barkley only crossed 20 fantasy points in five of the 13 games that he played. He only crossed twenty and five. McCaffrey failed to cross twenty and two out of sixteen. So I mean, I love Barkley. I mean, as a talent, he's easily, easily in the top tier. But man, in terms of usage, in terms of passing consistency, in terms of overall goal line efficiency, what we saw from McCaffrey last year, I mean, it's just it's not a bark lock. It's not a knock, sorry, on Barkley. It's just McCaffrey is just that good. Like to me, he's just McCaffrey tier. Okay, who's the next? Who's the next guy in fantasy football? That's how it. it it's just that's how it is at this point because that's how it was in 2019. I'm not going to say copy and paste what he did from 2019, but when we saw Saquon at his best, obviously we can say like he he has a higher ceiling than what he did as a rookie. I understand that he can evolve as a player, but I mean, matching 28.5 fantasy points per game is just insane. People are going to point to that 2018 rookie season from Saquon. That was still 5.8 points per game less than what McCaffrey did last year. 24.1, you mentioned that. And in general, I mean, when you're compared uh, comparing the situations, it's just McCaffrey. Everything about McCaffrey's situation is improving. Well, I'll get into the Barkley situation after. So when we're talking about McCaffrey, I mean, they improved on their offense. Last year's rankings, although McCaffrey was as good as as he was, the offense ranked 20th in points per game, 14th in rush yards per game, and 20th in pass yards per game with Kyle Allen at the helm. Now they're transitioning into a Joe Brady offense. I saw Clyde Edwards-Hilaire establish himself as a first-round pick and saw the LSU offense being number one in the nation last year en route to a national championship. And we saw that they signed Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. Now, not not, not a a game-changing quarterback, in my opinion, by any means, but definitely an upgrade over Kyle Allen. So for me, this is just a better offense equals more scoring opportunities. And uh, with Barkley, I mean, his offensive line did improve with Andrew Thomas, but they also lost Nate Solder for the season when he opted out. I mean, as much as we want to say, oh, Nate Solder struggled, he's not that good, yada, yada. Like, yes, they added Matt Pert in the third round, but relying on a third round raw rookie tackle. Again, I like Matt Pert a ton as a prospect, but he's, a, he's too raw at this point to really make a significant impact for me uh, filling in for Nate Solder on that right side. And then not to mention, I mean, this is the main kind of concern. I actually have Barkley right now in half PPR at my three. And this is why. I mean, I, talent-wise, it's hard to say that. But, man, when you're looking at the opening schedule, the first 10 weeks, everything's stacked against him. I, I'll show the schedule on the screen, but uh, it'll show the defensive efficiency and the run defense efficiency on the screen right now. But his first 10 weeks, he has – Two positive matchups and run defense efficiency and only three positive matchups and defensive efficiency over the first 10 weeks of your season. And ultimately, like, yes, he's a talent. He's still going to be able to produce in those games. But realistically, that's going to hurt his overall ceiling, in my opinion, when he's facing those tough defenses, like the 49ers, the Steelers, the Bears, the Eagles, the, the Bucks. Like, there's a ton of really good run defense on that schedule that ultimately here, I just can't fade. Uh, a player in McCaffrey who is a combined RB one wide receiver one package at the one one spot. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just McCaffrey to me. Like it, it's easy to say, but man, like I, I, I can't, I can't fade him.
1: I can't, yeah, fade I, him. I, I can't tell you you're wrong on that. Like what he did last season was literally historical. And that's what I'm going to bet against is I don't think that's going to be a sustainable rate. 29 points per game is insane. And if you had, I mean, I believe 78% win rate, win rate with McCaffrey and her team it literally helps you just win a championship. But yeah. in the past, like the average RB1 of a season is around 25 to 26 points per game, which is a lot. And so if it goes back down to there, which I think he will probably go back down to 25, 26 I mean, he's going to be right there with Barkley, Zeke, and Kamara, just a little ahead. But I, I think what you did last season—you can't knock it—and a lot of people will be taking a number one. I'm just saying, if you want to go a little contrarian, take history into account, of that fact that we've never had a running back one repeat since Priest Holmes in 2002. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley with Jason Garrett there, and I know Nate Soldier opted out. This whole season is going to be weird. Like, what happens if yeah. you know McCaffrey's entire offensive line gets COVID? Then, then it's just so unpredictable. Yeah. So. It's just Literally. a tough season, man. It's not going to be a fun season for fantasy. It's going to be a nice little waiver wire season, but I'm going to take Barkley, but I'm not going to say don't take McCaffrey. Like I love McCaffrey too, so I'm not going to fault it.
0: That's fair. So uh, after that argument, I will be taking McCaffrey. Justin will be taking Barkley. I mean, as split as you can get, you guys heard both of our reasonings. Now we're going to segue into the second argument of the video of our two argument ADP battles every single week. But it's actually another top, top, uh, debate, top, top, uh, argument to be had. And that's Devonte Adams versus Tyree Kill. A couple more bangers just for you guys. We want to bless you guys on this channel, but we're going to talk about Devonte Adams, who's currently going off the board as the wide receiver two at the two Oh two while Tyree kills going off as the wide receiver three at the two Oh six. So, uh, I'll start this one off. I mean, uh, just talking about the ADPs as well. Like normally you don't see the wide receiver two and three going off in the early to mid-second round. But, I mean, everybody knows at this point, everybody and their mothers know that you got to lock up RBs Arby's early. So that's ultimately probably why their uh, ADP is pushed down. But I'm here to argue why Devontae Adams is actually my wide receiver one on the season. Like, I am all in on De- uh, Devontae Adams being that guy. Because, I mean, when we break it down, Past two years, he's been on pace for 169 targets. So last year, he had 127 in the 12 games that he played. I mean, we saw what he did against Philly. I'm not going to signal out one game, but shout out to that. 33.25 PPR points in one half. That's a ceiling. But uh, if if you're really talking about it, the main concern that a lot of people are going to have is just that he missed four games last year. But when you're breaking down the situation... There is literally no negative about what Adams is going to be dealing with in the Green Bay offense. So ultimately here, if you're factoring the 14 games that he did play, including the playoffs last year, he produced 100 catches for 1,295 yards and seven touchdowns in 14 games. Crazy pace. So with Adams, he's the only player really, in my opinion, who can really contend with Michael Thomas to lead the league in targets. His 30.3 target market share in the games he played in 2019 ranked third in the league. And he presents more touchdown upside, in my opinion, than any of the Tier 1 receivers. Because when he's healthy, he's basically a lock as Aaron Rodgers' number one red zone weapon to score 10-plus touchdowns. Again, we saw it in 2018, 13 touchdowns. He has that level of upside. So ultimately, with Devontae Adams, you're guaranteed a 16-game target floor of 160 I mean, he's literally the only threat, especially with, I'm not going to mention Devon uh, Devin Funches like, really impacting his stock. But, he opted I mean, out. Exactly. I was going to say that. He, he opted out. Uh, uh, Freaking Marquez, Valdez, Scanling, Alan Lazard, Jimmy Graham, the only even source of a, a red zone threat is gone as well. So the, the wide receiver two on that team is basically their running back and Aaron Jones. So, I mean, ultimately here, if he's playing that 16 games and Aaron Rodgers' touchdown percentage can raise from 4.6%, which it was at last year, to near about his 6% six career average, he's going to hit that 10 touchdown. And if you actually looked at his overall touchdown percentage from last year, it was only 6% compared to his 13.8% combined average the pre- three years prior in 12%, 13.5%, and 16% in 2018. So, I mean... All the signs are saying that Devontae Adams is going to raise back to his 2018 pace where he was the wide receiver one on points per game, wide receiver two overall, I believe. So uh, what are your thoughts? Because I I know you do actually agree on Devontae Adams being the pick here.
1: I do agree. I'm glad you had that little touchdown percentage stat of this, how low this guy was last year. People can knock Devontae Adams for all he wants. But everyone knew going to the NFL draft, they got to get a wide receiver because they have no one else except for Devontae Adams. The only person that didn't know that was who was making these picks for the Packers. So no more competition at it. And now you get Funchess to opt out, who was the free agent signing. So it's Devontae Adams and friends. And then you maybe you get some Aaron Jones in there. But 83.3 yards per game last year was fifth in the league. It's definitely possible he sees 200 targets this year. Definitely has the upside. He's one of, I believe, two wide receivers in the NFL that can see a 30% target share. This year. Now and now you're seeing less people get to those high market shares of targets. But Devonte Adams, like I want someone to try to give me a case where he doesn't get this target share. Everyone wants opportunity. Devonte Adams' nickname is opportunity. He's going to give it to you. He was fifth in yards for pass route two So he's getting down the field on his routes. Top 25 in total target distance last year, in even though he missed four games. So if you miss four games, average it out. He's top 20 easily in that. Fourth in hog rate, which is targets per snap, and over the Packers' final 10 games, including the playoffs, Adams accounted for 50% of the receiving touchdowns in the offense, 41% of the receiving yards, 34% of the receptions, and 33% of the targets in that offense. Like, what is not to love? He's always been a double-digit touchdown guy, like you mentioned. He had five last year when his expected total was 6.8. This year, I'll I'll be nice. I'll get the people. I'll be nice. I'll be low. Seven touchdowns is his floor. Seven touchdowns is his floor. Is is
0: Aaron Rodgers throwing 12?
1: (laughs) I think Aaron Rodgers might be throwing 12 and seven is his floor. But Aaron Rodgers' touchdown is going to go up because you mentioned that, too, which I think is a great point. And then, it's just, don't overthink it. Take, I mean, he, wide receiver one, I'm okay with that. I don't have him as my wide receiver one. I have him as my wide receiver two or three. But I have Julio as my number one just because I want to be a little different. Yeah. I, I, mean, like, I, I love the case for him as number one. I'm not going to fault anyone who says that because this dude literally has the highest floor outside of Michael Thomas, maybe. I, I, maybe he's the same floor as Michael Thomas, but a higher ceiling. I, like, I love Devontae Adams this year. Tyreek Hill, love him too. But he's not going to be a sure safe thing every week. Like, Tyreek Hill will give you Dodd week's.
0: Yeah, the, the the thing that ultimately has Adams uh, for me, like, the, again, the top four, I think we can all agree on, MT, Tom, or I almost said MT, Thomas, <laughs> MT, Adams, Hill, and Julio. I mean, no matter how you, you scrape it, that's the top four. But for me, the reason why Hill ultimately comes after Adams and is my four is simply due to the volatility. So I'll show you guys on the screen. But if you take a look, uh, this was actually recently tweeted out by Mike Tagliere. And uh, it actually compares the volatility between Tyreek Hill and Amari Cooper. Now, I'm going to explain the context. Uh, Tyreek Hill did play a couple games where he exited early. So, I mean, these numbers shouldn't be taken completely at face value, but they just kind of give you a glimpse as to kind of what Tyreek Hill's points, where they came from last year. So, I mean, when they played 7.4 targets per game each, Uh, they each basically had the same amount of wide receiver 1 percentage in. 33.3% for Tyreek Hill, 31.3% in Amari Cooper. Wide receiver 2% was actually a lot higher for Amari Cooper, 50%, versus only 41.7% for Tyreek Hill. The wide receiver, 3%, were each hovering around 65%, as you guys can see. Boom percentage, I mean, Tyreek Hill was producing a boom on 25% of his games, while Cooper was doing it on about 19%. And the bust percentage is ultimately the reason why Tyreek Hill is going ahead of Amari Cooper, 17% versus 31.3%. But you can see through those stats that he is not a sure thing on a week-to-week basis. I mean, uh, 41.7% he's finishing as a wide receiver, two or above, is a little concerning for a guy you're going to be taking as your number one or number two selected player. Now, if you're getting him in the mid-second round, I'm more than fine with taking him there. It's just if Devontae Adams on the board, he's just a player who pres- presents a similar ceiling, but the floor is so much higher. I mean, he is the, literally the only one that Aaron Rodgers can throw to. I mean, it's really a no-brainer here. So, ultimately here, Adams is going to be a lot more consistent, in my opinion. And if you guys have any questions about his ceiling, again, as I mentioned earlier, this guy produced 33.25 PPR points in a half, in a half, 10 catches for 180 yards and two touchdowns against Philly in a half before he left with an injury. Like, this is a guy who I have no problem taking Devontae Adams as my first selected player. Like, realistically, outside of maybe the top six or seven running backs, like, he's the next guy I would take. And that's saying a lot for me because I love locking down my running backs early. Like he's absolutely a first rounder. Like that's no debate. So Devontae Adams is my guy. What are your uh, closing thoughts on this debate?
1: I mean, I I don't know how people can question this guy's ceiling. People like touchdowns, right? (laughs) Like this dude's always been a touchdown guy except for last year when he was hurt with turf toe in the Philly game, like you mentioned. So, um, stop overthinking this you know like just, just, just get yourself a Devonte Adams flip a coin for Saquon Barkley or CMC I mean you want to mention Devonte Adams is going to have to positively regress well Saquon Barkley is going to do a lot this year I believe Jason Garrett the clapper himself is going to help him get into the volume usage where CMC was last year possibly we'll see if Evan Ingram's hurt I mean who like, this COVID season's just such a such a mess man and but for sure. it, what are you gonna do
0: for sure. I mean, you guys heard the debate, some big, big hitters, what we're bringing to you guys on the Fantasy Soccer Change channel. If you guys have made it this far, make sure you go check out Justin. Follow some Fantasy Football. I'm going to have him linked in the description of this video. And again, if you guys have made it this far and you haven't liked, subscribed, commented down below, like I say every video that's too much do? work though
1: man if you had to scroll oh wait no it's not <laughs> all you have to do is just scroll and click it <laughs> boom <laughs>
0: for sure comment down below why why i am an idiot oh tyree kill <laughs> or why johnson said, oh why oh tyree kill is number one like i'm not here to argue that like they're both fantastic players you know bush is going to be there but i yeah, know i'm fucking with you bush but anyways love you guys we'll see you guys next th- uh I almost said Thursday. This is commodities. We'll see you guys next Saturday. We'll be talking to a couple other bangers by then. And until next time, peace out.